You're listening to the LMC Radio Network, broadcasting out of Forestville, California, on the World Wide Web at LuckyMojo.com. Give me a go, no, go for launch. Booster. Go. Retro. Go. Vital. We go fly. Guidance. Guidance go. Surgeon. Go flight. Ecom. We're go flight. GNC. We're go. Telmuse. Go. Control. Go flight. Procedures. Go. Inco. Go. FAO. We are go. Network. Go. Recovery. Go. Capcom. We're go flight. Launch control. This is Houston. We are go for launch. Professor Porterfield do not necessarily reflect the views of the sponsors or their affiliates. Texas, where the stars at night are big and bright, it's the Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, here to tell it like it was and how it is to help school you so no one can fool you, brought to you by the good folks at the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in beautiful Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. So now, without further ado, here's Professor Porterfield. Good evening to you one and all. I am Professor Charles Porterfield, and hoodoo is my business. Welcome once again to the Now You Know Show. So great and wonderful to have you all here with us this evening. Well, the chat room is starting to fill up, and people will be sliding on in as we get a little further on. What a week we have had here. Well, let me tell you that, first of all, up here in my part of Texas, in what they laughingly call North Central Texas, we have had 
our first evening below freezing. That's right. We had it last night, got down to 31 degrees. Not too much. A lot colder some other places, but we're starting to get along as well. We don't never have much of a uh, uh, a winter here, as it were. But you know, maybe this year we might have a little bit. Up north, it's getting cold fast, and there are snow, ice, and other wintry weather conditions throughout the country. I would also take a moment to tell you that if you are currently concerned with, as I am, standing in support of, as I am, with the people protesting down with the Lakota at a standing rock, listen, winter's there. Okay, They've already got snow on the ground, on the shelters, on the people, everywhere. So if you have been thinking about, you know, hey, man, maybe I want to do something to support those cats, now's the time. I'm serious because, uh, well, let's just say that as a matter of history, as a matter of history, the United States government and the powers that be representing it and its local state constabularies have a long track record. Uh, going back into history of really fucking with the Lakota and Dakota in times of protest once there's snow on the ground. So, uh, you know, you can just check that out, uh, you know, open a uh, history book or, you know, go out on Google, Google's your friend, and find out what I'm talking about with that. Otherwise, things continue apace, and we are getting ready to see the new year in. We've only got 30 days left until the new year, and then once the new year hits, oh, 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 how time shall go quickly, quickly, quickly. Our beautiful sponsors at the Lucky Mojo Curio Company and all of its ancillary projects will be getting ready for the book mines and then the festival mines and oh what a fine time we'll have in May. So be on the lookout for upcoming information for that as the months roll ahead. I hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving and if you didn't have a wonderful Thanksgiving I hope at least you got through it sane and didn't choke another family member while stuffing mashed potatoes into their mouth, screaming at each other. And I hope you enjoyed our special uh, Thanksgiving Day party that we had here last week and uh, had it all together. Our good friend and neighbor, Dr. Love, came in and did a special Thanksgiving Day show for all of us here at LMC, and we thank him so much. Speaking of which, we have gotten all sorts of wonderful letters and uh, flowers, muffin baskets, telegrams, and well wishes uh, regarding uh, your friend and mine, Dr. Love. And so we talked to the boys upstairs, and we checked the coffers, to see if we had enough left over uh, to do it, and sure enough, we do. So I am happy to tell you that tonight, 
the news, and later on in the show, our sponsor segment will be brought to you by the one, the only, Dr. Love. So let's go on over to the LMC newsroom, where I'm sure Wink Winkerson is having kittens, uh, to hear the news from Dr. Love. Take it away, newsroom. Hey, baby, good evening. Today is Thursday, December 1st, the 336th day of 2016, and this is Dr. Love reporting the news. There are 20 days until winter begins, darlings, and 30 days left in the year. The first and the second will be auspicious days to bake, cut firewood, cut your hair to increase growth, mow to increase growth, castrate farm animals, dig holes, wean children, potty train, and wax floors. Can you dig it? Also, these same days will be good days to plant sweet corn beans, peppers, and other above-ground crops where the climate is suitable. Our highlight in history comes to us today from December 1st, 1941, baby, when Japan's Emperor Hirohito approved waging war against the United States, Britain, and the Netherlands after his government rejected U.S. demands contained in the Hull Note. Also on this date in 1824, the presidential election was turned over to the U.S. House of Representatives when a deadlock developed between John Quincy Adams, Andrew Jackson, William H. Crawford, and Henry Clay. John Quincy Adams later ended up being the winner. In 1887, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's Sherlock Holmes appeared for the first time in print in the story A Study in Scarlet. In 1942, nationwide gasoline rationing went into effect in the United States. In 1955, Rosa Parks, a black seamstress, was arrested after refusing to give up her seat to a white man on a Montgomery, Alabama city bus. The incident sparked a year-long boycott of the bus line. In 1959, 12 nations, including the United States, signed a treaty setting aside Antarctica as a scientific preserve free from in 1969, the United States government held its first draft lottery since, since World War II. And finally, in 1990, British and French workers digging the Channel Tunnel, better known as the Channel, between their countries finally met after knocking out a passage in a service tunnel. Today's LMC birthday greetings go out to singer Diane Lemon of the Lemon Sisters, who is 77. Television producer David Saltzman is 73. Rock musician John Densmore of the Doors is 72. 
Actress-singer Bette Midler is 71. Singer Gilbert O'Sullivan is 70. Actor Treat Williams is 65. Actress Charlene Tilton, 58. Actor, actress-model Carol Alt is 56. Actor Jeremy Northman, 55. Actress Golden Brooks, 46. Actress-comedian Sarah Silverman is also 46. Singer Sarah Mason is 41. And actor Nate Torrance is 39. Our thought for the day comes from Charles G. Finley, author of the Seven Faces of Dr. Lau, and born this date in 1905, died 1984, who said, quote, The world is my idea. As such, I present it to you. I have my own set of weights and measurements and my own table for computing values. You are privileged to have yours. This has been the news, baby, from the LMC Radio Newsroom. Can you dig it? And now we send you over to your friend and mine, Professor Porterfield, and the lucky numbers. Right here from the Nicholas Brothers. Lucky number. Oh, dreaming of lucky numbers. Hoping that those lucky numbers. Yeah. We'll show for me. Numbers only show for you and me. Superstition. Or even make me suspicious. Table with 13 dishes. It will make me. Make you please. Haven't seen. Hey, that's mommy. Yeah? Yeah, man. Well, open it. Put my trust in group of stuff. Cause you know some may bring you. Or maybe a lucky 11. Oh, that's you being heaven. Lucky number for me. Yeah. Oh, yes. And, of course, I don't even know if I need to announce them. And this week we have the nine numbers and cards you have always. And, as always, they come to us this week and every week from ProfessorPorterfield.com. And... The lucky numbers this week are 7, 9, 14, 16, 24, and 48. Once again, those numbers are 7, 9, 14, 16, 24, and 48. I must tell you that this week, 7, 9, 14, and 16 are particularly good numbers. This week's lucky three-digit numbers are 154. That's 154. 338. That's 338. And 686. That's 686. And that 686 is warming up. Not so hot right now, but come Sunday on through to next Thursday, 686 is going to get particularly hot. The card of the week is the three of clubs, an argument, stubbornness, quarrels. Watch your temper. This coming week will be rough around the edges, and there will be challenges at keeping one's temper as you are tempted to dive into arguments or fights. 
Avoid being stubborn or stonewalling others. Try to be peaceful and not let your own rigidity lead you into fights and quarrels that bring you no profit. Remember, our week runs Thursday to Thursday, so check in with the Now You Know show to get the numbers and cards when they first come out. And if you hit, (laughs) remember where you get. Till then, good luck to you all. Up next, the professor's pontification. This week's topic is, is it all done with smoke and mirrors or sneaky tricks and you?
Oh, yeah. And that was, of course, The Who with Trick of the Light. And the brownie on that one goes out to our own Troll Towelhead. There's also been a question in the chat room about when that came along. That's off their eighth studio album. In fact, it was the second single uh, to be pressed off of the eighth studio album that went up the charts. Well, tonight, uh, as always throughout this period of the year, we are answering letters and uh, answering questions from those letters for our series of pontifications all the way into the new year and a little beyond before we go into our sixth set of pontifications. And our letter tonight, I have it right here, folks, right here in front of me. And our letter tonight comes from Amanda. And Amanda was kind of nigh, kind enough to have uh, written in uh, to me at profporterfield at gmail.com. And if you have a question or a topic that you would like to hear discussed in the pontification, just send a, send a little letter off to profporterfield at gmail.com, and it may be on the show. Amanda's is tonight. Amanda writes, Dear Professor Porterfield, I love the show. Always listen to it on my way to work on Friday mornings. And I was so excited to hear that you were taking letters for the pontification. Here is my question for you. I have heard that there are a number or variety of sneaky tricks that are done in hoodoo. The first time I heard this term, I wasn't quite sure what it meant. And to be honest, I'm not sure I still do. Could you tell us a little bit more about sneaky tricks? And also, could you tell us if working sneaky tricks is ethical? Yours, Amanda. All right. So thank you, Amanda, for writing in. We love getting we love, we love getting letters here on the show. So tonight we're going to be talking about sneaky tricks. Before we get into the first part of Amanda's question, let's actually deal with the second part of Amanda's question. Is the working of sneaky tricks ethical within hoodoo? Well, I suppose that depends on exactly uh, well, who you ask, right? I mean, I, I assume there are some people, uh, you know, who would feel that they're not. Now, that being said, let me tell you this. The fact of the matter is that the working of sneaky tricks in hoodoo is completely and absolutely and totally and without question, within the normal context and framework and tradition of hoodoo. That's just the way it is, all right? Consider, if you will, for a moment, you know, let's go back into Professor Porterfield's amazing time machine. And go back. Oh, let's say 
into the past here and look at hoodoo as it's being done and practiced back in the day. Hoodoo is being practiced primarily inside, okay, inside communities. In other words, all this stuff that we live with today, the internet, things being done on phones, people are doing work on people that live, you know, 1,500 miles away, 1,000 miles away, the other side of the damn planet, okay, all right, that's new, that's new. People are doing hoodoo inside their own community, all right? You're not trying to get a lover, male or female, who lives in Kuala Lumpur. You're trying to get a lover, husband, wife, etc., from inside your own community. You're not trying to, you know, influence uh, the situation of getting a job across the ocean, you're trying to get a job here, right here. Your prosperity, your luck, your love, your desire is caught up here in your community. And, baby, so are enemies. The people you're fussing with, the people that are fussing, people that are fighting with you, the people you're fighting with. On the people that you feel have done you a disservice, have done you a disservice, have tried to mess you over, have tried to steal your spouse or mate, have owed you money, etc. That's all happening right here in your community. And I don't mean by your community some big, broad community. The hoodoo community, the witchcraft community, the gay and lesbian community. No, I mean here, right here in Clarksville. Right here in, you know, Aslan, you know, right here, right here in your town, town. Now, peace must be kept. You have to live in this town. You have to work in this town. You buy your materials, your your food, everything in this town. You have a job in this town, all right? Therefore, Sneaky tricks, sneaky tricks, which now some people seem to think of as some kind of off branch or some kind of weird thing or some kind of, a, you know, like it's a separate art or something or it's a different set case. It's not a different case. It's not a different set case. It's not unusual. It's normal. I mean, it's normal, man. It's it's not it's not it's not you know something that oh well no it's it's the base it's the normal everyday damn base okay because you have to keep peace and order in your house in your street and in your town we often have this image that the root worker is somebody who's softly outside of town. You have to cross the railroad tracks. You have to go out in the woods. You have to go out the last lonely, lone street out of town. The, oh, it goes from gravel to being dirt. Oh, it's whatever. Okay, that's not completely untrue. Certainly, it's a romanticized image that is done so for dramatic and psychological reasons in media. 
but it is somewhat true. And part of that reason is because the root worker stands as an intercessory, if you will, an intermediary, someone out there, someone who can address these problems, all right? Uh, two women fighting over a man, two men fighting over a woman, a woman is cheating on her husband and she doesn't want to get caught, a uh, uh, wife has a husband who spends up all the money before he can even get home with it, she wants to fix him, so he brings the money home rather than it all goes away into the gambling parlor, the bar, to some other woman, etc. So this idea that we see dramatized, okay, is of the, the root worker of the hoodoo practitioner being kind of outside the town. It's now, not physically, uh, physically, all right, meaning geographically. Sometimes the root worker has a job that allows them to also be in that. Make no mistake about this. There's a reason that many traditional hoodoo root workers were also hairdressers or ran the beauty parlor or were morticians or were members of the quote-unquote clergy, deacons, pastors, etc. Okay? Again, because people are coming to them, coming to them with these problems. This is the other reason that, as I have talked about on the show, the confidentiality between the worker and their client is so important. All right? So, that's the first thing I want to say to you, Amanda, to all the rest of you who are sitting in our little fireside chat listening along. Certainly, it would be ridiculous to say that sneaky tricks are unethical. If anything, quote, sneaky tricks are designed to keep order, keep peace, okay, and allow people to accomplish their goals that they need to accomplish. Nor are all sneaky tricks negative, okay? That's another problem. This idea that uh, they're all negative, they're all bad. All sneaky tricks are cursing. All sneaky tricks are harming. All sneaky tricks are hurt work. No, that's not true. Some sneaky tricks are to get people to stop drinking, to get people to stop, stop letting all of, like I said before, all of that money to leave their hand before they actually get it into their house where it's needed for their spouse, their children, that said their bills, etc. Some of it's about love and not necessarily breakup work. It's just love. The point is this. In a small community and in traditional normal, normal hoodoo, you can't go around walking up to people and just throwing powder down on their shoes. Okay? That's not going to fly. Now, sure, we can look at one side of it, which is that if you do that, you might get punched in the face. But let's go away from that for a moment. Let's go away from this idea that if someone sees you doing work on them, that there will be an immediate negative confrontation. Instead, just think about this. If I catch you working on me, because you've been so foolish as to be blatant 
about it right in front of my face. Why the hell would I not immediately use my own knowledge or go to a worker and pay them to fix your little red wagon or to get the work off of me? You know what I'm saying? I mean, why would I not do that? If you threw powder on my ass in the street, why would I not just walk my ass home and immediately take a spiritual bath at minimum? At minimum. And if I thought you were doing malevolent work against me, why would I not punch you right in the mouth? Okay? And then, after I punched you in the mouth, go to a worker to be cleansed, to have reversing work, blessing work, protection work done on me immediately. So you see, one of the other things you've got to think about with sneaky tricks is that you're doing them so that the target doesn't immediately get that shit off of them. You see what I'm saying? You know, like in boxing, we talk about telegraphing a punch. That's all you're doing. You're telegraphing your move. You're saying, hey, well, here, you know, whatever. Now, then quickly let me discuss this. There is a third component here, and the third component is this idea, you know, if we gathered a bunch of very drab, very boring, over 55 anthropology professors together in a small room with a tisane and biscuits, they would call this contagious magic. Contagious magic, they would call, and then they would refer to many written dissertations on the art of contagious magic. All right, well, I wouldn't call it that, but the point is you have to deliver the goods, okay? You have to deliver the goods. You have to get that work, whatever it is, powders, dressed items, Etc. to the target. Well, <laughs> that's a lot easier to do under some sort of an, a cloudy auspice, under some sort of a veil. You see what I'm saying? How do you actually take something that you have dressed, that you have prepared, that you have put work into for any purpose, for any purpose, Meaning, uh, positive or negative, it doesn't matter, and actually get it into the hands of your target, or get it into their house, or get it into their house where it's going to stay in their house, and they're not just going to clean it out when they clean the house. All right, well, you need a sneaky trick. You need a sneaky trick. Yes, you do. So now that we've addressed all that, let's talk a bit about sneaky tracks. Sneaky tricks, excuse me. So, uh, Gia just said something in the chat room I happened to look up and see, and she talked about uh, a crafty mindset. Well, I'm not sure exactly how Gia meant that, but I'm going to tell you how I'm going to interpret that. Rather than interpreting that as crafty, meaning, (laughs) now, now that I've lured Polly to this abandoned sawmill, I'll be able to tie her to this law. No, 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 no. That's not the crafty I think is advantageous to sneaking tricks. 
I think that the crafty that is advantageous to sneaky tricks is crafty. Knitting, making things with polymer clay, you know, creating things, making things. Crafty, crafty. Being crafty is such an excellent way to use sneaky tricks. Let me give you one little example. Let's say, it's going to be a broad example. Let's say, let's just say, just between you and me, let's just say that there's someone and you want them to fall in love with you. This is some guy. You want this guy to fall in love with you. Or you want this guy to uh, have a peaceful home. He's got a disrupted home. Uh, he is married to uh, your sister, and he and your sister fight all the time. Or any number of different things. You, you could even hate this guy and want to kill him. Now, he doesn't know you're, you're his enemy, though. You know, it's December 1st, so let's just talk about this a minute. You could take a Christmas ornament, you know, a standard ball Christmas ornament. You know, they have these beautiful little balls, and they come in all sorts of colors and all sorts of patterns, and they have glitter on them, and they have reflective mirror, and they, they're, they're every color of the spectrum and beyond. And a lot of these little globe Christmas ornaments that you hang on the Christmas tree with a little hook uh, or a little piece of thread or a little plastic hook now. Plastic hooks. You can pop the top off of them and they're hollow inside. (gasps) They're hollow inside. Well, that means you could put all sorts of things into them. Petition papers, powders, etc., You could fill it up, you see. You could fill it up. And if anyone happened to smell anything coming from it, you could say, oh, it's potpourri. Potpourri. You could even put some potpourri on top of it and fill it up and say, oh, this is just a lovely – and then give it to them. Merry Christmas. I gave it to you early so you could hang it on the tree in your living room, treasure it, and keep it forever from me to you. Boom! You've just delivered the goods. You just got your target to take something from you. All right? Keep it in their house. Hang it up in their house. Look at it every day. Be around it. At the end of a month, period of time, because you want to give this to them early, right? So they can put it on their tree. So you can enjoy it throughout the whole December. At the end of the month, after New Year's, they take the tree down, take the ornament down. They're not going to throw away the ornament. Goodness heavens, no. First of all, you don't throw away ornaments. And second of all, gave it to them as a gift. It's a Christmas present. So they put it away, wrap it up in tissue paper. Do people still wrap things in tissue paper? I do. And then put it away and keep it someplace in their house for a year. You see, you could use something like that very easily to help someone, to bless someone peaceful home, for love, to bring them to you, etc. They'd never know it. It's a gift right there. And they've hung it up. You could do that immediately. Now, I was very specific there, 
But now open the box up and look outside the box. Now, almost any gift can be dressed. Almost any gift can be altered. Almost any gift can be made to contain something. I'm not going to sit here and try to break it all down for you and say, well, if you're going to curse somebody, well, if you're going to love, blah, blah, blah. See, you, you've got to first get your mind in the game. You got to get your mind in the game. The idea here is to deliver the goods, to get them to the target or to get them to the target's house or to get them on the target, either by the target's own action, they do it for you, or without their knowledge. Now, Amanda, I feel, was, you know, kind of spot on to write me about this. Because, as you all know, I love using playing cards. I use playing cards all the time in all sorts of different kinds of magic. Love, blessing, sex, cursing, prosperity, luck, you name it. I got a playing card to use for it. And let me tell you something. Do you know how easy it is to secrete a playing card into someone's house. You may think, well, no, I don't. Uh, gosh darn it. I thought about that. I mean, wouldn't they see it? It's pretty obvious. It's all black and red, and it's got a big blue or red background there on it. Uh, Professor, I, I don't know where you're going. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Getting a playing card into somebody's house is super fucking easy. Okay? Again, Let's go back to our earlier discussion. Keeping the peace, keeping order. The idea here is that you don't want to create a situation to begin with where the person wouldn't let you in your damn house. If they don't let you in your damn house to begin with, you got to work outside the house. Now we're talking about powder on the ground, dressing it with dirt so they don't see it. How do you get to their car, etc. The idea here is that the person you're working on, friend, Enemy, potential lover, mate, whatever, is allowing you access to them because you've been playing the game right so that you can deliver the goods. You can take a dress playing card and flip it into a playing cards are very super easy to hide as well. You put them in books, you put them under rugs, you put them inside furniture, you know, behind the cushions, under the cushions. You put them almost anywhere. And let me tell you what's going to happen when someone finds a playing card. Not a playing card you've written on, just a playing card that you've dressed with oils or powders, that you've prayed over, that you've done work atop of, and then taken as your little emissary to go do its work with them. They're going to go, oh, how'd this playing card get in this book? Did I use a playing card as a bookmark? I don't remember that. Well, I must have. Oh, there's a playing card under this rug. When we pulled up the, you know, we picked up the rug to wash and clean and sweep and mop. Okay. And they're going to go, oh, a playing card. Wait, where are we playing cards? Oh, man. This card is in the Okay. Etc. The worst that's going to happen is 
Huh. Eight to nine times out of ten, they're going to throw it away. Well, what's one playing card worth without the deck of cards? Throw it away, and then when I find the deck, and it's obviously not going to have a card, I'm going to I'm going to fig- I'm going to throw it away too. I'm going to throw it away too. Okay, but maybe not, because those last one to two times, there are people like my goddamn self who are going to go playing card. The hell, did this get out of the deck? I better put this away and find the deck so that I can put the card back in the deck, right? Because I want to have a full deck. So I'll put it up here on the mantle. I'll put it on this bookshelf. I'll keep it. I'll keep it because clearly it's a broken set. And people have this impulse to keep sets of things together, okay? People want to keep sets of things together. So if what you have disguised as the object that you are placing your sneaky trick into their life is something of a set that they think they own, they're not going to get rid of it. They're going to keep it. Also, and this is being discussed in the chat room right now, I can't tell you how many playing cards you see out and about when you're just out and about. So you can just leave playing cards places. Don't be obvious about it. Don't, like, put it, you know, the of spades on, on their mat of, in front of their door facing them with a skull and a candle on it. Uh, that's a little obvious. You know, place your cards that you've dressed out and about where the, your target will encounter them. Sometimes they'll pick them up. Oh, look, I found a playing card. How cool. Sometimes they'll just take a picture and take the picture along with them home and post the picture up on social media and attach themselves to the image. Easy to do. Let's also talk about pictures. When you hand somebody a picture that you've taken the time to put into a frame, a lovely frame, please, please know the kind of frame that's going to look nice in their house. See, again, you've got to think about the game. You can put things between, behind the picture and the matting at the back of the picture frame. And they'll never find it because they're going to take it and go, oh, how wonderful. Look, Aunt Carol gave us this picture. And they're going to put it on the wall of their house, on the mantle of their house, in their bedroom. They're going to keep it, and they're never going to open it up. Why? Because it had a beautiful frame that you took so long to pick out that looked good or was like all the other frames in their house that they enjoy. And tack, 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 in the nail goes, and hang, 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 up goes your work. Boom! There it is. Now your petition that you've written out, that you've dressed, that you've prepared, that you've prayed over, that you did whatever you needed to do with, your powder, your ash is behind the picture. Behind the picture. Again, there's an idea here of intelligence. Be smart. Think about it. Think to yourself this question. If I saw this thing, if this thing was encountered by myself in my life, would I continue to want to have contact with it, or would I go, holy shit, I'm being hooted? If the second is your answer, you're failing. You want to hide things. Same is true of food. The same is true of food. There's a generation of 
you know, not even young at this point. There's there's more than one generation. There are multiple generations of African American men and others like myself in the South who will not take food and drink from single women, married women, any woman that we haven't seen her make that food or drink the hell in front of us. Why? Because she may have put something the fuck in it. She may have put something the fuck in it. Okay? Dig. All right? Here's another thing. If you can get close, if you are, because again, not all sneaky tricks are negative. They're not all negative. Stop thinking that. Stop thinking that sneaky tricks are negative. Sneaky trick is a method of delivery. A way to deliver the goods. Okay? If you are already in a relationship with a man and you want more, maybe you're just friends, but you're playful friends. Get a hold of his hat. Get a hold of his hat. Getting his hat and getting it out of his sight and rubbing that hat between your legs over your pussy and giving him that hat is a sneaky trick. You're doing it out of his sight. You're getting him to put it back on his damn head. Hell, don't even give it to him. Laugh and giggle. Give him a peck on the cheek and put it back on his head. There's a little bit more. And it doesn't have to just be about that. Maybe he's resisting to this sort of work. Maybe you're an excellent worker, but your wife, your husband, whoever, is like, oh, that bullshit, I won't be a part of that. <laughs> All right? And you wanted to help him. Well, you get some crown of success on that hat. Not a lot. We don't know him smelling his hat going, what, what? Okay? You want some King Solomon wisdom in there. Now, now, that we've discussed the food and the hat, let's go to where the triangulation on that product. 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 You have to become aware of your environment. That's a part of what hoodoo is about. So wake your senses up, damn bathroom, and find his products or her products and smell them. I'm serious. Smell them. See what they kind of smell like. What's the base in it? Is it fruity? Is it licorice? Is it alcoholy? What is it? Now, what can you add to his or her products that they're not going to detect? Into the shampoo, into the conditioner. Oh, I'm worried about it. I mean, I don't want to put a conjure oil in 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 my in my lover's shampoo. What if it got in their eyes? Uh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Well, I'm sorry. What? I'm sorry. Uh, what? Do, do you know somebody that's cleaning their eyes out with shampoo? Because if so, you've got a bigger problem. You've got a much bigger problem, and I would suggest maybe you should take them to the emergency room or at least an optometrist at some point in time because they're washing their eyes with shampoo. Okay? Put it in the shampoo. Put it in the this, the that, the foot powder, the baby powder etc. and learn. These are all these are all things you're going to have to learn. This is real hoodoo, kids. I'm dead serious. Let me just stop for a minute and digress. 
We have a lot of hoodoo going on nowadays, and some of it's very, very good hoodoo. I do some of it myself, and it involves a bunch of candles on an altar or a workspace someplace. And we have pictures, and we have things, and this is all perfectly normal, and this is all perfectly legitimate, and it's good work, and seriously, you don't want me to burn a candle on you. I mean, you know, or maybe you do, depending on what you want, okay? But day by day, and in every way, and partially because of telephone communication and the internet and distance between worker and client, this becomes the norm. And what's happening is people are no longer getting their goddamn hands dirty with real, honest-to-God, good I don't want to even say old-fashioned because old-fashioned suggests out of fashion. No, no, this is in fashion. Always has been, always will be. Honest to God, legitimate hoodoo. You're going to have to sit down with his goddamn foot powder, her goddamn talcum powder, whatever. When they're away, you're going to have to plan it, okay? You're going to have to dump it all out and mix the amount of powder you want mixed in with it and check it so that it doesn't change its visual appearance too much it doesn't change it's olfactory appearance too much okay you're gonna have to do that mix it together and put it back and clean it all up and get it ready and keep your damn mouth shut when they're dousing themselves with it every day and that my friend is honest to god hoodoo okay i mean the real deal All right, whether it's going in the lip balm, whether it's going in the perfume, and how about this? If the person you're meddling with, for good or ill, knows nothing about this sort of thing, it's not really their thing, you know, I mean, maybe part of the culture, really they go on with, baby, you can trick them into taking something from you. Get a fucking goddamn, hey, listen, I make a terrific male empowerment cologne and you wanted to empower your man, why don't you just buy the goddamn male empowerment cologne from me, put it in a pretty yet masculine-looking bottle, (sighs) and give it to your man as a birthday present, anniversary present, Christmas present, Valentine's Day, and say, baby, I got this for you. If he ever raises his brow and looks at the bottle and goes, well, it kind of doesn't have any weight, well, you go, oh, it's an artisanal thing. It's an artisanal thing. I've got it off of Etsy. It's an artisanal thing, baby. And he goes, oh, shit, I don't know about it. And then he smells it, smells good. He goes, oh, that's great. And then he puts this male empowerment fucking cologne on his ass all by his fucking self. Boom. Because he doesn't even know what it is. <clears throat> now, wait a minute, Professor Parkhill, though. What about people that do know? I mean, uh, come on now. You know, some people, they don't know a lot, but they know a little bit, and it's, gosh, darn, gosh darn it, it's, gosh diggity, it's hard to, it's hard to, no, no, because they, they do a little, okay, 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 well, let's back this up a minute. Do they know the difference perfectly between two oppositely related products? I, I got a beautiful picture today uh, for the show, and the picture came from a... Um, Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour show from some time back, and I'm pretty sure that the picture was actually made by our one and only Troll Talhead. And the picture shows confusion oil and clarity oil. Okay. Now, 
this person that you're going to deal with, they know a little bit. They know a little bit. Whatever it may be, hoodoo, conjure, witchcraft, it doesn't matter. But do they know by sight and smell the difference between confusion oil and clarity oil? Do they? Because if they don't, because if they're not that well-versed, and a lot of people aren't, and a lot of people go with the flow, and a lot of people drink poison if you put the label liquor on it, all right? Then, then all you need to do is switch labels. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do is switch labels. Now, switching labels can be difficult. They don't always peel off, etc. So pour out one bottle, pour out one bottle, and replace. What did I just tell you to do? I just told you to take clarity oil and pour it the fuck out into something you can keep so that you can use your clarity oil and replace it with confusion oil. And clean it all up, make it all nice. Again, you got to be careful. You're actually gonna, you're actually gonna have to, you're actually gonna have to, you know, figure things out. And then pour confusion oil into it and give that to them. You know, I just, I know you do this kind of stuff, and I saw this on a shelf. I thought, you know, you're trying real hard in school and everything. And here's clarity oil to help you, to help your head, to help your mind be clear and to have clarity. And then they're gonna go off. And douse themselves with confusion oil. That's and by the way, that's the emerald. Bam. Okay. Now they're doing the work for you. They're doing the work for you. They're doing the work for you. You can do the same thing with other oils, love oils, lust oil, passion. Come to me, follow them. You can do the same thing. All right. Here's another idea of a sneaky trick. Don't admit that everything is everything. If you put follow me boy behind your ears and on your wrists and you're on the date with his ass and he goes, damn, you smell good. Bish go, go, oh, 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 thank you. And get hold that wrist out right under his Damn sniffing nose. And go, do you really like it? Do you really like it? Let him get a good whiff of it. All right? Let him get a real good whiff of it. That's technically a sneaky trick. Because, again, you're thinking of sneaky tricks as being something different, something outside, something that's an exception. It's not an exception. It's the goddamn norm. It's the goddamn way shit's done, pal. Every time, all the time, when we're doing real good old-fashioned hoodoo, let me put it this way. Do you think putting mastery oil on your hand before you shake somebody else's hand in a firm, even, heteronormative, ha, 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 hey, Bob, I'm so glad that we're entering into this business partnership about money here in America, my friend. That's a sneaky trick, dude. You've got the mastery oil, okay? You got it on your hand. You're shaking his hand. That handshake, that hand where we established the big dog bullshit, okay? Boom! Again, I could sit here and pontificate about specific sneaky tricks. 
here's how you do this, and here's how you do that, and blah, 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 blah. But that does no goddamn good because then all you're doing is repeating my sneaky trick that I've just said to 100 of you, and then later 200 people are going to listen to, and then later 300 people are going to put on some page on Facebook about how they thought up of it. You know, it's like my grandmother told me, you know, all the Dr. Fire Ants of the world. And pretty soon it's going to be a sneaky any the fuck more. Okay? It's not going to work anymore. What I'm trying to get across to you is the idea behind this. This is normal. This is normative. This is absolutely a part of the history. This is the way it's supposed to be. All this, you know, wonderful candle work on an altar someplace is kick-ass. Don't get me wrong. It's really good stuff, and it's really a part of it, but we're just drifting off into it too much. This is stuff we need to do, and you need to be sitting down and thinking about how you're going to get your work to its target. You need to be thinking about how hoodoo intersects regular, everyday life. Okay? That's what I'm trying to get you to think about. How to put that, how to put that into your life so that they use those things. I had a client sometime back now, a month or so. And this young lady, um, she wasn't really very well trained in hoodoo uh, as a background. She did have it as a part of her culture. And she came to me for a little bit of teaching. And I have to tell you that she had the most natural impulse towards hoodoo that I had ever met. She just got it. She just got it. Okay? Now, she had a particular kind of lifestyle that's different than some of ours, but she just got it. So let me give you an example. She was involved with a man that she was living with. And like some men in this world, he would masturbate and he would clean up seminal fluids with a cloth, a cloth, a towel, a little thing. And he would use it, you know, a couple of three times and then launder it and then use it again. And it was it was probably very soft, felt good, whatever. You know, what we what most people call this is quote, a cum rag. All right. And her intention was to steal one of his cum rags before it got laundered and use it to make a baby doll. Ho! Holy hell. Let me just go back and lay that one out on the ground for you again so you can follow me along the path with this. This girl was going to steal the cloth that this man wiped up his own semen with that he masturbated himself to, to get the semen, got it on the rag, and she was going to steal that rag and use that rag as the cloth, as the material to make a baby doll of said dude. 
it's the sheer brilliance that does not impress you. You need to step back and reconsider what you're doing. Okay? You need to step back and go, maybe I'm not quite getting this. Uh, if there's some part of you that goes, I would never do that. That doesn't sound, you know, like uh, I would much rather have lit a candle in a closet in in Connecticut, you know, on a third Tuesday instead of doing that. I mean, think about this a minute, folks. She had him tied at the gate just from that. All right? So, I'm trying to get across to you tonight is this idea of how we think about doing this, how we deliver these things, how we get access to these people. Again, not necessarily negative. You must stop thinking about quote-unquote sneaky tricks as being as being negative. Sure, some of them are. Of course they are. Of course they are. You've also got to stop thinking of sneaky tricks as being some limited market. Like it's something we do our once in a while. No, it's something we do all the goddamn time. Okay. I don't know about you, but I have advised many a client. Now, when you send him this birthday card, when you send him this birthday card, um, you're going to spritz just a very, very little very, very little of your cologne, of your perfume, whatever it is that you regularly around it. You know, like you're going to spritz it in the air and then pass the birthday card through it in the air. And then you want to get a little bit of your vaginal fluid, a little bit of your seminal fluid onto your face, very little, very, very little, and just kind of brush it maybe on inside of the envelope, etc. And then you write out how much you love them and blah, 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 happy birthday. Whatever, love you so much, always on my mind, and then you send it to them. That's normal, guy. That's completely normal. Sometimes I have heard people describe those involved in hoodoo as being paranoid. You're all paranoid. Yeah, a little. Because we understand how easy it is to get contact with our targets. And we, too, can be a target. I hope that what you'll take away from this, Amanda, everyone else, is to sit down and reevaluate your thoughts about quote-unquote sneaky tricks. And instead of thinking of them as a limited issue, something we just do rarely, something that's absurd, something that's atypical, something that's abnormal, or something that's only called upon in the direst of circumstances, I hope that you will start to see it as something we do every day and in every way, getting better and better at it, and that it is a normal, regular, traditional, needed part of real, regular everyday hoodoo, and that you will then consider this is, you know, where the meets the road. This is where we have to stop practicing our hoodoo in a secret place surrounded by a curtain where we come into contact with no one. We do nothing. We are off in our little ivory tower, and we have to come back to where hoodoo is really practiced in the streets and in the sheets between people face-to-face as a normal part of life and the skills 
that it takes to do that that maybe we may have lost or we've never developed at all. Because I guarantee you this, until you start learning how to do this, how to deliver these things, positive and negative and in between, to others, for others, against us, for yourself, etc., and you're just lighting a candle constantly, lighting a candle constantly, lighting a candle constantly, instead of, and not that you shouldn't be lighting a candle, and not that candle work isn't valid. Please don't misinterpret me. But when that's all you're doing, well, in terms of tricks, hmm, you've become a one-trick pony.
That was, of course, Paul Simon with One Trick Pony off of, uh, well, originally off of the soundtrack for the movie starring Paul Simon, uh, as well as many, 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 Spoonful, One Trick Pony. And the brownie goes out, number two, two, triple out, Paul Simon with one. I like to think that Mr. Simon had song of his trying to do, you know, send a signal. What's that signal? Why, that's the LMC Radio Network on the air! The LMC Radio Network, broadcasting around the globe, bringing news, information, education, and entertainment to all. It's the LMC Radio Network, in the vanguard! LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rural Power with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ali, Sundays 3 to 4.30, Candela's Corner with Candelo Cambisa and Michael Correll, Mondays 5 to 7, The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays 5 to 6, In the Streets with Beverly Smith, Tuesdays 6 to 7, Fit and Foxy with Madame Nadia and Jaya Dania, Wednesdays 6 to 7, The Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, Thursdays 6 to 7.30. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Fridays 6 to 7. And Liquid Libations with Andrea Weston, Saturdays 5 to 7. All time specific, at 3 hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. Thank you, Troll Towelhead, Chief Engineer here at the LA. Radio Network for that update of our weekly shows each and every week. Up next, a word from our sponsors with your friend and mine, Dr. Love. Hey, baby, this is Dr. Love here to talk to you about the Lucky Mojo Curio Company of 6632. Covey Road, Forestville, California. Oh, yeah. Baby, did you know that Lucky Mojo is both an online magical shop and a real magical store that you can visit? That's so true. They carry a full line of handmade spiritual supplies, including occult oils, incense, powders, candles, herbs, mojo bags, spiritual soaps, books, and spells kits, baby, for those who cast magic spells, love spells, money spells, and protection spells in the African-American hoodoo, pagan magic, and other witchcraft traditions. That's right. We're talking about the Lucky Mojo Curio Company of 6632 Covey Road, Forestville, California. But baby, if you can't get down there to see them, don't you sweat it and don't you fret it because they are also available online at luckymojo.com. That's right. Why don't you take your fingers and slide right on over there. Sit down in the privacy of your own home and look through the beautifully illustrated pages of their online catalog where they carry 
all of the thousands of products that they carry in the shop online, and you can order them and have them sent immediately to your own sweet little home. Once again, friends, at the Lucky Mojo Curio Company of 6632 Coloresville, California, in person and face-to-face, or online at LuckyMojo.com. And when you contact them, tell them Dr. Love sent you. Okay, up next, your friend and mine, Miss Loretta Evans from the First and Second Baptist Church of Quimby, Texas, with something a little different tonight. Sweet Loretta Martin thought she was a woman, but she was another man. This is Miss Loretta, and I don't know why he keeps calling me Miss Loretta Evans, but oh well, I guess old habits are hard to break. Anyway, throughout this time period, I have been bringing you recipes from the Who Do Cookbook, but tonight I'm going to do something a little different. Instead of us having a recipe from Who Do Food, the best of the conjure cook-off and root work recipe round off, round up, as served with love by the Ladies Auxiliary of the Missionary Independent Spiritual Church tonight. Since we have just started to get into the cold weather, I had a request for something filling and warm and hot that folks could make real easy. So I said, okay, I'll break out from Who Do Food tonight and bring you a regular old recipe just like we had in the old days. Tonight, I'm going to be bringing you a slow cooker potato bacon corn chowder. Now, this serves four, and it takes about 10 minutes of prep time and cooks for four hours. So your total time on this is only going to be four hours and 10 minutes. And isn't that super easy? For this, you will need the following ingredients. You will need one medium yellow onion diced, one red pepper chopped, three 15-ounce cans of yellow corn drained. Now, I know that a lot of people for their chowder like this do not like to use frozen or canned corn. They want to actually sit there and get those little niblets off the ear of corn themselves. And if you want to, you can. But the idea here is we're trying to make something super easy that you can just throw in that crock pot and go about your day, come home, and have something lovely for your family. You will also need three cups of heavy cream, 
two cups of low-sodium chicken broth, one pound of baby red potatoes chopped into one-inch pieces. Don't be tempted to make them bigger, all right? Two tablespoons of Italian seasoning, one-fourth a cup of flour, and salt and pepper to taste. I normally use about one teaspoon of each. And uh, sometimes I'll go a little heavier on the pepper because I like pepper a little bit more. And then finally, you will need four to six slices of bacon cooked and diced. All right. Now, once you have all your ingredients, you will do this. Add your onions, red pepper, corn, milk, chicken broth, potatoes, flour, and Italian seasoning to your crock pot, your slow cooker, and stir it all together. Then you will cover and cook that on high for four hours or on low for six to eight hours, so long as when it's all done, your potatoes are easily pierced with a fork. That's how you're going to check it so you know. Then when that's done, you will stir your salt and pepper to taste and bacon. Then garnish that with fresh parsley if you like, and you can just serve it right like that. This is such a wonderful, hearty meal that you really don't need anything else with it, like cornbread or anything like that. Now, I know that some people do not want to use heavy cream. Okay, you don't have to, but I really think you should. It really adds an appropriate flavor to it and gives it the right consistency. To me, Miss Loretta, what about the fat? And I always tell them, I say, darling, you've got to remember that you need fat in your food. Fats in our food is what helps us break down our vitamins and minerals that we take on the side and also that are a part of our food. So we need some level of fats in our food to break down the minerals and vitamins so we can absorb them and use them. However, for a lighter version of this, you can sub out the heavy cream for a lighter milk, such as a fat-free half-and-half. Now, this will make your soup slightly less creamy and less rich. Some people kind of foolishly then want to put a little butter in it. And I'm like, well, gosh, why would you put butter in it? Just use the heavy cream. You're just, all you're doing is substituting one for another. So if you're going to make it, you don't want that heavy cream, go ahead and use a lighter milk, like a half and half, which is fat-free. But if it's less creamy, if it's through well, then you might want to have something on the side with it, some kind of toasted bread or rolls or cornbread with it. The beauty of this recipe is that if at noon 
you're like, oh, Lord, what am I going to cook all these people? They're going to be coming in here. You sew it all in together. It takes 10 minutes, and four hours later when they're all coming in from school and work, you've got it. If you're living by yourself, it only serves four. You can have it for lunch the day after. You can start it before you go to work and set your crock pot on low for six to eight hours. Then when everybody comes home or when you come home, you have a delicious, hot, nutritious and just just so just is so warm it just feels so good and i hope that you and your family enjoy this as much as i and mine do somebody wasn't too sure about this recipe but i made it for him yesterday and he got a bowl food he he ate he ate three bowls of this so anyway I hope you have fun cooking and come and join me in my kitchen sometime. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you, Miss Loretta. That actually sounded really, really good. And uh, I'm not surprised that uh, himself, our own Count Goulash, would be who she's talking about, ate three bowls of that. That's pretty incredible. Uh, next, we're going to go into the kitchen where we're going to talk about basil. That's right. We're going to talk about basil. But before, as always, we're going to have a song. And since we talked about sneaky tricks, this song is a little bit of a trick. Let's see if you can get it.
new contender. Look out, an up-and-coming, a riser, because that is absolutely right. Arcadia 73, that was Mickey by Tony Basil. Although some people say Basil, although it is more correctly based. This is from an Italian name that's been subbed down. So there you go. Arcadia 73 gets the third brownie of the evening. Meanwhile, they're all talking about uh, New Wave and, and, and whatnot, et cetera, in the, in the chat room. And, and, and listen, uh, 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 yes, you do get the brownie. Uh, and listen, if, you, if anybody ever tells you there's a picture of Professor Porterfield in a pair of parachute pants, it's a lie. You're just dreaming. It's, it's an illusion. It's an illusion. It's an illusion. Move on. Move on. Storm. Storm. Move on. Nothing to see here. Tonight, we're going to be talking about basil also known as Great Basil, or St. Joseph's Wart, or Holy Basil, Sacred Basil, Sweet Basil, or Tulsi. Basil is a culinary herb of the mince family. It is also known as the king of herbs and the royal herb. And in fact, the name comes from the Greek, where it means royal or kingly plant. It is probably native to India and has been cultivated there for more than 5,000 years, although it was thoroughly familiar to the Greeks. Uh, And it's a a tender plant, best known as a culinary herb, prominently featured in Italian cuisine. Ah, you see, and Tony Basil is also Italian. See, it was a trick. And also plays a major role in Southeast, Southeast Asian cuisines of places such as Thailand, Malaysia, Vietnam, Indonesia, uh, Taiwan, Laos, and Cambodia. And depending on the species and uh, cultivar, the leaves may taste somewhat like anise with a strong, pungent, often sweet smell. Also in India, associated uh, with the uh, worship of the god Vishnu, and in Haiti, it's associated with the Loa Erosi. But it can be used for a number of different things in Hoodoo. So let's just talk about a few of them. It can be used for happiness and peace in the family. To do this, you would soak dried basil in water for three days. Soak it in water for three days. Strain and sprinkle the water at your doorstep to bring money and success. Drive away evil and have a happy family. Basil is a family protective herb, you see. So when combined in a bath, with love herbs, such as red clover, rosebuds, catnip, damayana, lavender, juniper berries, deer tongue, etc., it is said to increase affection in the family. Another way to increase joy in the home through the use of basil is in cooking, or keep some in open bowl in the kitchen, replacing it each week to what we talked about earlier with quote-unquote sneak tricks. However, basil can also be used 
to protect the home as well. You can protect a home from evil by brewing a tea of basil, rosemary, and rue and use it as a cleansing and protective floor wash. So you see you're going to brew this up as a tea and then use it in your floor wash. Dry basil can also be sprinkled up the floor and swept out the back door as a purifying floor sweep because it is said evil can't stay where basil has been. To that end, you could also plant basil, which grows readily uh, in front of your doorsteps, by your door, along your walkway. You may also use it in a protective mode as a personal protective wash. To do this, you would boil basil in water, strain out the leaves, and wipe yourself downward with a white handkerchief dipped in the water. You do this every morning for nine days. And on the last day, throw the remaining bathwater out your front door, and your enemies will be unable to harm you. I want to uh, digress here for a moment and talk about that last one, where you boil the basil in water, you strain out the leaves, and then you wipe yourself downward with a white handkerchief dipped into that water. And the digression I want to make is this. You all have stopped using handkerchiefs. Uh, oh, no. No, no. No, no. I don't. There, there, there's somebody in the chat room named Catherine Ironwood who's going to support me and back me up on this one. You all have stopped using handkerchiefs. And I don't know what's wrong with you. You need to get handkerchiefs and start using handkerchiefs again. Okay, and I'm trying. Miss Cat's trying. We're both trying. We're we're sending out all this stuff like uh, you know, I don't remember half a dozen or more spells into a deck of spells that require the use of a handkerchief, because you you, you need you need to use these handkerchiefs. Okay, handkerchiefs are so goddamn handy. All right. First, no pun intended. First of all, do you know how easy it is to get somebody else's to get somebody else's personal concerns when you've got a handkerchief? Listen, I have done this numerous times, okay? Somebody's hot, they all sweaty, okay? And they're like, oh, God, I'm so hot and sweaty. And you take your handkerchief out that you haven't used yet, and you hand it to them, okay? Nobody keeps it. They don't go, thanks, that's my handkerchief now. Fuck your property. They hand it back to you. Now you've got a handkerchief covered in their sweat. Enlightened folk get suspicious. I was at the Hoodoo Heritage Festival, and David She and I and Candelo and Candelo's brother were all trying to make this, 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 uh, this little cairn of rocks to support this pole, okay, and we're just moving all these damn rocks. And David's like to go up and present in a minute. He's all in his ceremonial gear. And he's just sweating, sweating, sweating. And I, being nice, not trying to do anything, handed him my handkerchief. And he looked at it like, what? Wait a minute. <laughs> you know, I was like, I, and I, I had to tease him and go, no, you about to go on stage. I ain't doing nothing on you. Just wipe your damn face off. Okay. But, see, he knows what's what. Okay, and he comes from a culture that knows what's what, but most people are not. Most we people are literally just going to wipe their face down, 
with wipe their neck with your handkerchief and hand it back to you. Somebody's sneezing and coughing. You hand them your unused handkerchief. Okay. They use it and hand it back. Again, now you have their personal concerns. You also probably have a biohazard, but you've also got their personal concerns. Okay. Oh, honey, you got some lipstick on your teeth. Your, your lipstick's a little smooched next to your lip, hand me handkerchief. Now, again, now you've got the lip print. The, the Handkerchiefs are so easy to do that with. Handkerchiefs, as Troll Towelhead pointed out, are also wonderfully ecological, okay? Because you're not just throwing cloth away. You, you're washing and keeping it. Handkerchiefs can be dressed. You can dress your handkerchief so that you can use it the day, all right? You can put your oil, your perfume, your conjure product onto that handkerchief, and then you can use it. Nobody notices, all right, to put a little more crown of success on your head, okay? Oh, you put it on before you went out, but now you are also reapplying, because you've got that crown of success on that handkerchief. Mastery on your handkerchief to get on your hands before you do the handshake. Troll Talbot also pointed out another good point. They make excellent and immediate mojo bags. You've got the material right there. Boom. Bang, bang, bang. Okay? You can also use them for a lot of other things around you know everybody's like well oh what do i tie up all this candle work in and take it and i don't want to lose well you tie it up in a handkerchief darling you tie it up in a handkerchief you use a colored handkerchief to the kind of work you're using all right you use a pocket square you use a pocket square which is basically a handkerchief of a certain color dressed with a certain oil or certain powder to give you a particular oomph or to draw someone to you Ladies, you can keep a handkerchief your sleeve, into the cuff of your sleeve with that alluring conjure oil or that little bit of powder or that little bit of your scent and your sexual fluids right there. You use the pot, you use your handkerchief to, to after sex, to clean up those sexual fluids and keep them so you have his sperm, his semen, or her vaginal fluids. Okay, you put them anywhere, use them for almost anything. You all need to start using handkerchiefs again. And they come in every color of the rainbow, and they come in the price range from, oh dear, I can't afford that silk, all the way to 20 for a buck. All right, and they don't, the 20 for a bucks don't really, uh, you know, survive many wanderings. All right. You, you can use them for all sorts of things. Let me give you one lady's example. There's a fella you like. And you have dressed this little handkerchief. Let's say it's, a, oh, it's some nice color that matches your dress, maybe. And you have it in your cuff. All right? You've got it stuffed in your cuff against your wrist. Against your left wrist. Why left? Because heart hand and you've got it dressed with follow me boy all right arrange since we're talking about sneaky tricks arrange to drop your handkerchief drop your handkerchief 
or leave your handkerchief behind. You know, you went to have coffee at his house. You were sitting in the couch, on the couch talking about whatever. And you took it out and you did something and then you forgot it. And you left it. Drop it in front of him, not obviously, or where he'll find it or leave it behind in his house so that he will pick it up. It's got the follow me boy on it. Let's say it's got follow me boy and your some of your sexual fluids. All right. Now he's touched it. He's got it. It's in his car. It's on his couch. It's in his bedroom if you're really lucky. It's on the ground in front of his feet, and he's going to pick it up because he wants to be the stalwart, you know, dutiful man and return Milady's handkerchief to her. All right? He still touched it. Sucker Dill still touched it. Sucker still got the your sexual fluids and follow me boy on it. And, and, and you are forcing him to enact the action of the oil. What the hell does that mean? What the hell does that mean? I'll explain. You need to start considering these names of these oils. Some of them in the modern day are named something because it's tricky or it sounds good. It has nice alliteration. It looks like it looks nice on a label, whatever. But many of these products have names that serve a purpose. Okay? So if you dressed this handkerchief with follow me boy or return to me, you're forcing him to enact the very name of the oil, the very substance, the very purpose of the formula. Follow me boy. You dropped the handkerchief. He must get it back to you. He must follow you. That you use for outside. You see, you're walking together in the park. You're at the Botanical Gardens. You're at the Hoodoo Heritage Festival. You're wherever the hell you are. You drop the handkerchief, and you move away quickly, not running. Don't be obvious. He sees your handkerchief. He picks you up, and he, he follows after you. Follows you. The boy follows you to give you back your handkerchief. Return to me. You were doing whatever you were talking to. He's literally returning it to you and thus coming close to you. See? Y'all need to start thinking about not only sneaky, sneaky tricks, but you need to start thinking about handkerchiefs. You must start to consider how this intersects normal life rather than simply being workers isolated in an isolated spot with an isolated methodology away from your targets, your clients, and in the end, yourself. All right? You need to start thinking about getting back out there. Because this whole thing of, you know, Wizard of Oz behind the curtain, it ain't going to last. I'm telling you, it ain't going to last. It ain't going to last. Grand old time, Amanda. I hope that we answered your question well tonight. Guys, I'm looking for more questions. I'm looking for more topics. Take a moment, sit down, write out a, 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 a nice email, you know, hopefully not one telling me to go jump off a pier, and send it to prof, P R O F, Porterfield, P R O R T E R F I E L D, at gmail.com 
send me. And again, understand, these are for, for the pontification. We're looking for topics. We're looking for topics. You know, how do I catch a frog is not a topic. That's a, that's a one-trick pony. Send those emails. Send those requests off. Call me up. And you, too, can have your topic read as part of the pontification on the show. We'll be back next week when Miss Loretta will have another recipe for us from Hoodoo Food, the best of the Conjure Cook-Off and Root Work Recipe Roundup. But we thank her so much for the delightful corn chowder recipe, corn and bacon chowder recipe this week. We also want to take a moment to thank our good friend Catherine Ironwood for her allowance of the use of material from Hoodoo Herb and Root Magic, a Materia Magica of African American Conjure, in the In the Kitchen section each and every week. We are grateful and privileged to do so. And if you would like a copy of Hoodoo Herb and Root Magic or Hoodoo Food, why not take the advice of our guest speaker this evening, Dr. Love, and check out LuckyMojo.com. There is so much information there, so many products, so much education there. We are so grateful here at the LMC Radio Network to have them as our sponsors of not only this show, but each and every one of those shows that Troll Town had announced for us in the middle part of our show. And while you're at it, why not check those shows out as well? Whatever your likes and tastes may be, baby, we've got a show for it. And more coming. Always on the grow, ever-expanding, ever-growing, the LMC Radio Network in the vanguard. Well, my dear friends and associates and well-wishers, all we are coming to the close of yet another Now You Know show. It is my joy to be with you here each and every week. Do not get discouraged. I know we are in dreadful and terrible times. I know we are worried and we are praying and trying to hold on to very thin threads and very small bits of straw. But we will get through it together. Go together. Stay together. Cling to your friends. Don't fight about things that don't make a difference as we were advised this week because of the three of clubs. Instead, darlings, I encourage you all stand tall together, surround each and every one of us by each and every one of us, and we will make it through to the end. Ah, this is not the end. Uh, it is not even the beginning of the end. Uh, but it is perhaps the end of the beginning. Only food was 
Texas and go to Texarkana and jump back to Fort Worth. Come on down to Dallas, King Kong Kitty. Coming through the territory in Kansas City and Kansas City, St. Louis and St. Louis, Chicago. I'm on my way to the door.